And now, from the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. wherever you're joining us on the radio across the province on our BC Food and Wine Radio Network and, of course, around the world on our podcast, uh, available on all the major podcast platforms. Now, on the show today, Harry Hertzig joins us. He's the executive director of the Vancouver National Wine Festival, which has moved slightly back into early spring. We're going to see that show in April. This year, the theme is not a country or a region, but a continent. South America is on deck and uh, so we're expecting to see some interesting wines coming from, of course, Chile, Argentina, Brazil, Uruguay, and uh, anything else we can squeeze out of that uh, massive continent that lies just uh, south of us here in North America. can be fun to uh, taste all of those wines. Uruguay in particular, I'm excited about. Uh, we learned a lot from uh, Garzon, uh, Bodega Garzon, the last time they were in town. Uh, they actually are planting Tanat. Of course, you would expect that. But they're also making Albarino there, which you wouldn't expect. But they are on the Atlantic, and it's cold. And uh, guess what? Spain is on the Atlantic, and it's cold there where they grow Albarino. So it's a nice uh, way to, you know, think about that grape. It's more about where it grows and not really the country that it grows in. Uh, Sergio Singarelli, who's been at the festival many times, will also join us to talk about his winery, Rocadella Machi. He's also been the president of the uh, Tuscan wineries for many years, a job I wouldn't want, but he managed to get the Grand Seleccione wines all organized. Nobody knows how, but that uh, that's happening. And Alvaro Plato, he's a global ambassador for Gonzales Biez. He also joins us on the show. But next, Sebastian Di Corrado, he joins us from Rivera Winery, on the boot of Italy in Puglia. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gismondi, and this show is ready to roll. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Penticton, a perfect place for mountain adventures this winter. After a day in the snow, stop in for a visit to one of almost 100 area wineries, many that stay open year-round. Enjoy the quieter time of year with an intimate winter wine tasting and a chance to sample some incredible local ice wines. Dine in world-class locally sourced restaurants, too. It's the perfect destination for a relaxing winter getaway. Before you go, check out the website for information on wine tours and winery events. Go to visitpenticton.com. Discover the good life right in your own backyard. Destination, the Watermark Beach Resort in beautiful Asuyus. Featuring spectacular views of Asuyus Lake, walking distance to shops, plus dining at the Watermark's very own 15 Park Bistro. And make sure to book your spring and summer travel now to avoid disappointment at the South Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. A ring-a-ding-ding. Time for happy hour at the Modest Butcher at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. Featuring wine by the glass starting at just five bucks, along with the most fabulous gourmet bites the West Side has ever seen. Daily from 2 to 5 p.m. Plus, join us for Tommy and Tannen Tuesdays. Order a giant tomahawk ribeye and get your first bottle of Mount Boucherie Reserve Merlot for just five bucks. The Modest Butcher at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. See you today. The legend lives on. Three-Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the east ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone, 
But this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature. A bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name, Three Finger Jack. Outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. Hello, I'm Anthony Gismondi, and after four decades in the wine business, I know that the wine you like is always the best one for you. Anyone who tells you differently is simply wrong. The trick is how to get there. My advice? Try as many different wines as possible to discover your favorites. We evaluate about 3,000 wines a year at GizmondiOnWine.com to help you sort through the clutter in the market, and we make it easy to search through our results. After all, life is way too short to drink bad wine. So why not give us a go at GizmondiOnWine.com? From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gizmondi. Hello, British Columbia, and welcome to all across the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Uh, Winter Wonderland for many tuning in across the province in places like Golden and Nelson. Uh, I thought I'd uh, just suggest a couple of wines for your weekend. Much, uh, I say perfect for this cooler January weather. Uh, Cedar Creek, that comes to mind. One of my favorite uh, wines currently out of Cedar Creek is the 2020 Cedar Creek Jagged Rock Vineyard Syrah. Jagged Rock Vineyard, you're going to hear more and more about that place in the South Okanagan. Just a fantastic site for grapes. And just across the valley at uh, Checkmate, the 2018 Endgame Merlot is about as good as it gets for Merlot in this province. So uh, either of those wines will be fun to have. You won't be disappointed. You can find them online. Hey, joining us now is Sebastian Di Corrado. He's the CEO and proprietor of Rivera Winery in Puglia, in the south of Italy. He joins us to talk about some very special grape varieties from an ancient place uh, where thousand-year-old olive trees are everywhere. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's a great pleasure to have to you. Uh, I want to get right into it because uh, it, it seems to me like Puglia is probably one of the most uh, fashionable places to visit now in Italy, which is fantastic, I think, for the people that have been working hard making wine down there. So why don't you set the stage and tell us a bit about where Rivera is? Mm-hmm. We are, of course, in Puglia, but uh, Puglia is the region that corresponds to the heel of the Italian boot. So it's very easy to locate uh, and remember. So it's uh, like any kind of a peninsula going uh, uh, northwest to, to southeast uh, towards uh, Greece and, uh, uh, and the Middle East. Uh, we are specifically located in Castel del Monte region. Castel del Monte is the name of a, a castle. It's a very famous castle because uh, it has a very uh, special uh, history and shape. It's a, a perfect octagon. It's the perfect uh, Da Vinci Code type of place. Yeah. And it sits on the highest hill of a uh, hill range called Murgia in the center of Puglia, uh, and it, this Murgia Hills uh, is a range of uh, barren, rocky hills where the only thing that is possible to cultivate traditionally is vineyards. So there is a wine production tradition uh, going back of centuries and maybe maybe millennia, I was, I was not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, and then it was by my grandfather, Sebastiano, so I bring uh, with great, great proud uh, uh, his uh, his name, who f- um, decided to try to, to exploit and give uh, the, the right value to the, <clears throat> the when making pot- potential of this region, 
which is not only focusing in red wines as most Apulian and wine producing regions, but is also uh, a very good area for growing uh, and, and producing white wines, yeah. as well as rosé wines and, of course, red wines. Because of the elevation, because it's the highest uh, elevated uh, viticultural area in Puglia, uh, we are talking, uh, it's, not, it's not mountains, but it's hills, but it, it's, it's enough to have cooler nights. And that is uh, great uh, in the hot Apulia summers. And, and uh, well, you're never too far from the ocean anyways, uh, in either direction, I guess. Uh, well, the area is, is not far. The water is only 15 kilometers or yeah. from, from, the, uh, from the sea. It's not the ocean, because the ocean is very big and deep and uh, has a very stable temperature. It is a sea, which is a narrow, very, very shallow. shallow. Uh, so it does, it does warm up in summertime. But it's very mm -hmm. important because from the sea, we receive uh, cooling winds. The Puglia is just facing the Balkans. So yeah. from the Balkans, the, the, the cool uh, winds come uh, across the, the, the Adriatic Sea and uh, uh, have a very beneficial influence in uh, agriculture in general. When people think of, uh, of Italy, you know, they think about Sangiovese and uh, Tuscan wines and that, but things are very different in the south. What, what can you tell us about how you've developed these, these new, the, not new, these indigenous varieties that perhaps people don't know about? Well, Puglia has uh, a lot of indigenous grape varietals. There is, there is one which has become quite famous and popular all over the world. It is Primitivo. So now uh, Primitivo stands out in the group of the famous uh, Italian wines. But we actually in the north, the Primitivo growing area, and we have completely different indigenous grape varietals. This is, these are varietals that are uh, perfectly adapted to the climate. Uh, the climate in Puglia can be quite hot in, in summertime, uh, but these varietals, especially the ones we're going to, to, uh, to talk about uh, later, are able to uh, ripen slowly, not quickly, because the, the, the heat and the sun uh, will push any other variety to, to uh, ripen too quickly to reach very high alcohol content uh, and to lose the acidity. Uh, while this doesn't happen to uh, local varieties because they, are, they were born there. Our guest is Sebastiano Di Corrado. He's the CEO and proprietor of Rivera Winery in Apulia. Okay, I want to get into the wines. I don't want to run out of time. So uh, here in the market in Vancouver, we have a, a really interesting wine uh, called Bombino Bianco, which I don't think anybody knows much about. How can you capsulize that wine for us? Well, Bombino Bianco is the northern Apulian uh, white ind indigenous, most important white indigenous grape varietal. And uh, referring to what I was saying earlier, the ability to ripen uh, slowly and to retain high acidity levels despite the, the, the heat, the summer heat. This is very important. So Bobino Bianco uh, is kind of surprising because of the freshness. Normally, you get, you get fresh, meaning wines with, with a firm acidity, refreshing acidity, in cooler climate, in northern Italy, or yeah. in, in France, or, or in northern Spain. But uh, Bobino Bianco has this uh, ability to, to, to retain the acidity, which in the past used to be, uh, was seen as a defect, a flaw of the variety. It was too acidic, because when making was no, not so special. Uh, today, we, uh, we know much more what, what to do to uh, 
uh, let's say enhanced some some characteristics of, of the indigenous varieties. So well, the indigenous acidity has become an advantage for the wine. Yeah, and it makes the wine uh, fresher, refreshing. But we have, in a way, with wine making, we have built some, uh, let's say, some fat uh, to cover the acidity, so it's not uh, a razor sharp acidity anymore. Starting from the beginning of uh, when you sip and you feel the acidity. In this case, it's uh, round, rich, and then the acidity only comes at the end just to, to refresh your palate. Yeah, perfect description. I tried that wine this week. Uh, fantastic wine for seafood. Of course, in Vancouver, we have so much uh, fresh seafood, and it just reminded me of uh, the kind of wine I want to have with uh, a number of different uh, seafood dishes. So congratulations on that. Fantastic fun label and bottle presentation, too. So it looks like you're having fun. Let's talk about Il Falcone because this is just an amazing wine. I have to congratulate you on this wine. The 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 silkiness of this wine, the the savoriness, the it's just so inviting to taste a wine like that. It tastes like a hundred dollars. It sells for thirty. It's it's quite an amazing wine. What can you tell us about those grapes? Well, uh, Il Falcone is the flagship wine of our winery. It's a wine we, we've been producing from the very beginning, from 1950, when when my grandfather started to. Uh, Produced with with a better quality, the lo local wines, uh, and in red in red wines, the the tradition for the area was to uh, do a blend of the mm -hmm. very local variety called the Nero di Troia, which is the most important indigenous grape variety of, of central northern Puglia, very elegant, but also with very firm tann tannins. And this used to be a, the the problem of Nero di Troia, being a, a bit too aggressive and tannic. Uh, but the, the, because of that, the tradition was to blend the Nero di Troia with a softer grape variety, which is Montepulciano. Montepulciano is, uh, for sure, much better known than Nero di Troia. It's cultivated in, in Abruzzo and in Northern Puglia. And it, it, it was developed in Northern Puglia because of, of, uh, of this blend, blending tradition with Nero di Troia. So Il Falcone, since the beginning, carries this blend. The proportions are still the, the traditional ones, uh, like two-thirds of Nero di Troia, one-third of Montepulciano, and this comes from the field blend tradition. So growers would plant two rows of Nero di Troia and the third row of Montepulciano. So today wow. we do, uh, we have, uh, we don't do uh, field blends anymore. It's specific, like single varietal vineyard. We, we produce the two wines. We uh, do the aging process, which is done in, uh, in French oak, 50% uh, large oak casks mm -hmm. and 50% French oak barriques. So after the all the process, we do the final blend uh, respecting the traditional proportions. And that's uh, that's it for Conan. We're talking with Sebastian uh, Di Corrado from Rivera Winery in Puglia. Uh, we've been talking about Il Falcone. Uh, what what sort of food would you suggest with that wine? It's such an interesting uh, wine. It, it it looks like it would age, uh, for, you know, effortlessly, but also you can drink it now. So maybe what would we serve that with? Well, first of, first of all, let me talk about the aging. We are on the market with 2016 vintage. is a, a six years old wine that we released yeah. six years old, six years of aging in, in total in in the cellar. Because Neurotron has a great aging potential, you can open a 10, 20, 30, 40 years old bottle of Il Falcone and, and do just wow. <laughs> As regards to, to preparing, of course, you need some, some uh, serious, uh, serious food, uh, meat-based. Uh, well, when I come to, 
Canada and I just love to match in Falcone with uh, with Alberto Beef. That's uh-huh. that's what I learned. He's <laughs> a great match. Yeah. Nice beef, nice wine. Uh, for our listeners now, many people are, are making decisions about traveling to Europe uh, as the pandemic sort of winds down a bit. Uh, is it is it possible to come and visit you in Italy, visit the winery? Absolutely. I mean, Puglia, as you said uh, at the beginning of the show, it's, uh, it's becoming a very uh, fashionable uh, travel destination uh, because of the climate, the, 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 not only the beaches, but the, the small villages, the countryside, the food and the wines. Mm. Uh, and we are open to, to visitors. Well, it was uh, fun chatting with you today, uh, Sebastiano, learning about these two wines. We'll be able to uh, give our uh, listeners a more update in social media about where they're available and the cost of the wines. They're very affordable wines and, and a lot of fun to drink. And uh, it was great to have a quick chat with you. Likewise. <laughs> Thanks again. There's more to come. This is PC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. The Inn at Therapy Vineyards invites you to get away for a luxurious retreat experience. Modern rooms overlooking the vineyards and Lake Okanagan set the tone for a relaxing and refreshing stay on the Naramata bench. Relax on your patio, soak in the hot tub, and enjoy a guided tasting experience in the Therapy Vineyards Wine Shop. Book your room or order Therapy Vineyards award-winning wines and have them delivered to your door at therapyvineyards.com. Because everyone needs a little therapy. As someone who is starting or adding to their wine or spirits collection, you recognize your choice of a reputable supplier is paramount. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offers buyers a safe, inexpensive way to initiate or enhance their collections. They're experts in the field, and all of their offerings are meticulously sourced from private sellers across Canada. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. Penticton, a perfect place for mountain adventures this winter. After a day in the snow, stop in for a visit to one of almost 100 area wineries, many that stay open year-round. Enjoy the quieter time of year with an intimate winter wine tasting and a chance to sample some incredible local ice wines. Dine in world-class locally sourced restaurants, too. It's the perfect destination for a relaxing winter getaway. Before you go, check out the website for information on wine tours and winery events. Go to visitpenticton.com. The legend lives on. Three Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the east ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone, but this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature, a bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name, Three Finger Jack, outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. From our Save On Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia. Trust your January is going well. Uh, We're actually busy planning our travel to wine country uh, later this year. Expect to hear more about our grape escapes which are going to take us to Vancouver Island and the Cowichan Valley at, uh, I believe, Unsworth Vineyard this year, or a Fino Winery in the Similkameen, Hester Creek uh, on the Golden Mile Bench, just to name a few. Travel is what we love to do. And our next guest, we're going to talk about Sherry, 
the first time I went to Sherry uh, in uh, the south of Spain, it's an overwhelming place uh, from the ocean, the smell of the salt, uh, the whole Sherry business, uh, the huge lodges where they keep the barrels. I was invited to a tasting at 10 o'clock at night. We went in. The, the barrel cellar was pitch black. We almost held hands, walked down to the center of the cellar, and boom, there was about 30 wines open, ready to go, and there was about 200 candles lit, and it was the most magical moment to introduce uh, me to Sherry. Uh, to do that today, Alvaro Plato, the global ambassador from Gonzales Bias, uh, of course, Tio Pepe and Apostoli, among their big brands, is here with that conversation on Sherry. Thank you for having me, Anthony. It's such yeah. a pleasure to, to talk to you here uh, around the Sherry wine, which is a wine from my area. And yeah. definitely Tio Pepe, after almost 200 years, has become an icon in Spain in the wine world. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's everywhere in the world, this wine. Correct. Actually, we are happy to find the wine in over 100 different countries. Yeah. And it makes us uh, very happy when traveling and having a glass of Tio Pepe definitely take <laughs> you home. And that's important as well. You know, I, I know a lot of BC wineries who would like to be in 100 countries. Uh, pretty <laughs> impressive. Uh, uh, well, let's talk about Tio Pepe. What, what can you tell our listeners? Uh, I mean, it has a long history, but what, in essence, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking a particular type of wine that is produced at the very south of Spain, in the region of Jerez. And it's a wine that involves a lot of tradition, uh, history, and our winery actually has been uh, producing wine for almost 200 years. And we continue with the same passion in making this fortified wine mm -hmm. that require a lot of time, a lot of effort, not just in the vineyard, but also in the cellar, where the wine will be resting for 5, for 10, for even 30 years, making this uh, beginning that we have in the liquid uh, yeah. an expression amazing. Now, I know it's a specific grape, the, the Palomino grape, uh, but it always smells like where it rests, like when you walk in there with all those old barrels and uh, the, I don't know, a lot of it evaporates anyways in the air. Maybe that's why it smells like it. It's, it's a fantastic smell. Definitely. The Palomino Fino is the grape varietal that is mostly produced in the area, as well the Pedro Jimenez and Moscatel. Yep. But these aromas that you mentioned when you step into a cellar is yeah. actually a peaceful moment that you just have to enjoy. Yeah, a peaceful moment. Uh, it's famous wine, but what... What do Spaniards eat with it? What could we eat with it in Canada? Because it's a, it's a different kind of uh, wine yeah. for most people to understand. It's oxidized, right? So it's, it has a whole different set of flavors, uh, profiles. Yeah, definitely. The good part with the Tio Pepe is that for this such a dry wine with this profile that is very delicate, mm -hmm. it's very versatile at the same time. And outside of the traditional tapas that we all know that goes very well, when I travel, I like to taste different type of foods in the local places, either fish, seafood, this kind of uh, um, uh, salad that it could be bringing some freshness and definitely goes very well with the Tio Pepe because mm -hmm. the best way to enjoy this wine is definitely with a good food on the side. Mm -hmm. Uh, produced by Gonzales Bias, uh, an, another super old uh, old company. It's so nice to see them still in the marketplace. And this wine actually is here in Vancouver. Well, it's been here for a long time, and it's available in uh, BCLDB stores, which is uh, rare and nice uh, for us to for our listeners. Twenty ninety nine a bottle for the Tio Pepe, and uh, I think it's probably in a hundred stores too. It's everywhere. Okay, uh, what about the second wine? Different color, different. completely different nose. Yeah, we actually say that when we talk about the sherry, the time that we spend in the cellar producing this wine and resting this wine is super important. Mm -hmm. Tio Pepe is our youngest sherry wine that we produce and it's already almost five years. But when we go to the expression of what we call the very old rare sherries, mm -hmm. we talk about 30 years of aging. And wow. Apostoles is one of those wines. Yeah. How, 
how do you even age a wine for 30 years? That's a great question. And I think that the winemakers in Jerez has uh, not just the um, uh, work of producing great wines every year, but also have the responsibility to receive the work that in our case has been done during the last 187 years in previous winemakers to receive all these barrels, all this wine, and continue this legacy yeah. that it makes it very beautiful. This is part of the Solera system that you're talking about, the way that they... they uh, can you explain that to, to, a, to a normal wine drinker who may not have any idea what it is? Yeah, the Solera and Criadera system is very popular in Jerez today. It's a, it's a system where the wine is not in a static uh, system of aging in a barrel. It's actually blending year after year. And uh, what it's making is that the wine, we extract a little bit of the oldest cast that we have, and then we replace with the different levels of youngest wine until we reach to the wine of the year. Yeah. Uh, in this case, what we find is that the consistency will be present. And perhaps why not? You may be drinking in a bottle of Tio Pepe or Apostoles some particle of the wine that it was uh, in the winemaking done maybe 50 years ago because of this continuous system of blending that yeah. has been from the beginning. It's a great uh, idea. And actually, there's been a lot of talk about this blending recently with climate change uh, by by so you know quote regular wineries who think it might be a better way to uh, cope with the differences in vintages and their supply of wine by blending years together which is almost a heresy uh, for those guys who are sort of vintage oriented but it's a really cool system and as you say a, a small portion of this wine could be 50 60 70 years old uh, uh, and it's in the blend Let's taste the wine. What can you tell us about it? Well, in the it's case a little bit of a caramel color. Yeah, Apostolis is a blend of 87% of dry Palo Cortado, and it has a small addition of Pedro Jimenez, which is the sweetest style of sherry. Mm -hmm. They both age by separate at first, and then we combine for another 20 years until it reached the 30 years of aging. Wow. It's a wine that we normally refer as a, a perfect trilogy in the combination of the body, the nutty flavors coming through the Palo Cortado that give a structure. It's super nutty, yeah. At the same time, the, the Pedro Jimenez, the sweet uh, wine, it will give some hints of uh, figs, raisin, it will smooth slightly the, the blend. And to finish, we have the influence of the American oak uh, barrel that we use for 30 years that will add this caramel, this honey hint. Mm. At the same time, because of the long aging, it will develop even some tobacco hints at the very end, making that the acidity that has been concentrated, the wine is sweet, but it's very balanced, and the aftertaste is just inviting you to give for another sip. And it's super complex, which, I, you know, like it's a kind of wine you take a sip of and you can just, you can pretty much keep it in your mouth for, you know, two or three minutes and you can taste it for the next 20 minutes and enjoy it. It's, it's very cool the way it, it works like that. What would you, like, would you serve cheese with this or what would be some of the things that you might might choose to serve with it? Yeah, actually, the good part of this wine, like Apostoles, is that they are very balanced and although the category is called medium, uh, officially, we refer in Jerez to this wine like Amorosos, which means that a lot of different consumers with different profile can enjoy, either if you like sweet or dry, this one is really in the middle. You can actually take it to the savory pairings with cheese, even with some charcuterie because of this greasy character of the Iberic that goes well. With yep. umami flavors like any recipe that involves some mushroom or truffle, even some meat, this soy sauce flavor goes very well with this wine. And also you can take it into the sweet side and play with some very good moments in the dessert. Mm. Although sometimes these wines are by itself are just uh, something to enjoy. Sensational, yeah, to contemplate. I, as I say, in front of a fireplace with a book, 
It's usually That's a good way to do it. Absolutely. Uh, Alvaro Plato is, uh, Plata is our guest. Uh, he's the, uh, he looks after Canada for Gonzales BS, but you're also uh, in charge of the Americas as well as a brand ambassador. Correct. We try nice. to take the Sherry uh, culture, the Sherry revolution, as we call yeah. it, all over the continent, and I definitely feel privileged to do that. And I had a chance to see you wield the, uh, <laughs> the uh, what do you call it, the Creadora? The Benincia. The Benincia, yeah. Like the, it's the Creadorans that do it, or well, actually, I'm, that's my, I'm out of that. Yeah, the Venencia is the tool that we use to extract the samples of the sherry, and we yeah. serve with some distance, which is very visual and very interesting. Yeah, and then we follow the Solera and Criadera system. Is the how we display the barrel with this is innovating that we were talking yeah. about before. A lot of fun. You have a good life. Yeah, I feel lucky. Yeah, are you enjoying Canada? I'm enjoying it quite a lot. Actually, it's been two years without coming for obvious reasons, and mm -hmm. I'm super happy to be back. The weather actually was welcoming me uh, in a very nice way. Yeah. So I always enjoy coming to, to BC and, and being in Vancouver. is such a pleasure. Tell our listeners, uh, if they're planning a, a, to, to travel to Europe, why they would want to go to Hereth or what, what the, what the triangle is all about and how much fun it is there. I think that is a mandatory stop when you're in Spain that actually is very easy to get to the south due yeah. to the size of the country. The food, the culture, the tradition, the history. I yeah. think is worth to go to the south and going to Jerez, the Cadiz region. Uh, it is definitely giving you a lot of options, not just to enjoy the wines, but also the gastronomy. And as I said before, yeah. perhaps the flamenco, our traditions. And normally people, when they visit us, they try to come back. The so horses. that's a good sign yeah. as well. And you know, the one thing I, I noticed in it, is that they love women in the south of Spain, so much so that you, you could I could stand in a hotel for two hours while every woman who comes in the door is served before any man at the front desk. They just, it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating uh, thing to see happen. Uh, <laughs> but it's such a great place. I, I, was, I was telling some of my friends earlier today, just sitting, like the warehouses that are open to the wind, mm -hmm. to the very humid, warm wind off the water, like just sitting on the beaches there and, and having, uh, what would you have in a, in a little, uh, uh, they're almost like fish sticks or, or uh, 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 it's so good. Yeah, we have many options there. The fried fish that we, we do it very often and it's very nice, but also we have yeah. a lot of fresh ingredients. Uh, we're in the coast, very close, so there yeah. is always uh, good chances to enjoy and definitely to relax in this area because it's quiet. Sometimes coming yeah. from big cities, going there, it's just a moment to enjoy, to have this experience and hopefully to come back. I'm going to come back. Alvaro Plata uh, looks after Canada for Gonzales BS, and we've been tasting the Teo Pepe, uh, widely available in BCLDB stores for about $20, and the Apostoles, which was $35.99, I believe. That's a sensational bottle of wine. You can have a hell of a party with that. Definitely. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having us, and I invite everyone that is in the area of the south of Spain to, well, to visit the winery Bodegas Teo Pepe. Okay, let's go. Thank you. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Discover the best wines for wintertime at Save On Foods. Cozy sweaters, movie marathons, hearty home-cooked meals. Find wines that pair perfectly with the season. At Save On Foods, there are more than 1,300 BC VQA wines all in one place. Plus, when you pick up any four bottles, get 10% off your purchase. There's something special about winter and wine. Get set for the season at Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. With 22 locations, find yours at saveonfoods.com. Take your wine appreciation to the next level and become a rebel. Welcome to the Rebel Club at Liber Farm and Winery. As a Rebel member, you'll enjoy a regular shipment of exemplary Liber wines for your cellar, along with complimentary tastings and VIP treatment at the winery and more. 
And with the ease and convenience of online ordering, your wine will be shipped straight to your door. Discover more at LiberFarm.com. Simply great wines. The legend lives on. Three Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the east ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone, but this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature, a bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name, Three Finger Jack, outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. Penticton, a perfect place for mountain adventures this winter. After a day in the snow, stop in for a visit to one of almost 100 area wineries, many that stay open year-round. Enjoy the quieter time of year with an intimate winter wine tasting and a chance to sample some incredible local ice wines. Dine in world-class locally sourced restaurants, too. It's the perfect destination for a relaxing winter getaway. Before you go, check out the website for information on wine tours and winery events. Go to visitpenticton.com. From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. I'm Anthony Gizmoni. Welcome to our uh, show across the province and around the world on our podcast. Uh, we love getting feedback about the show. Uh, and I recall a great conversation with a listener in Victoria who uh, was so happy that they could hear the show on CFAX <coughs> Victoria. We're happy you can too. But our coverage, of course, extends across the province. Uh, and uh, it's really, really quite remarkable how the show's grown. Weekly in Victoria, Vancouver, all the wine country, the Kootenays and BC North now uh, spreading the word on BC wine. It's a privilege to do that each week. Now today, uh, with the cooler weather uh, of the season, we thought about uh, going back to an interview we had at the Vancouver National Wine Feller. Seller, feller, seller, with Sergio Zingarelli. He's the president of Rocca della Machia. Of course, uh, this winery is in the heart of Tuscany, making Chianti, Chianti Classico, and Gran Selezione Chianti. We caught up with Sergio, uh, and it's not hard to get caught up in the passion when you listen to Sergio talk about Italian wine. Here's that conversation. Well, Sergio, pleasure to see you back in Vancouver. Uh, you, it's it's nice to be out on the road a bit now. Yes, it's a pleasure for me. It's uh, my first trip after the COVID. It was wow. my last trip when I came back from wine festival two years ago. Yeah. So I'm very proud. To, I'm very happy to be here. So you, you, you spent a lot of time with the family in the last couple of years. Yes, a lot on, of on, with on the, the farm. farm. Yes, I need also because I have two grandchildren, so ah. I. I could uh, spend a little bit more time with them. So you d- you did a lot of uh, work in the vineyard, maybe. Yes, yes. We work a lot of the vineyard. We have uh, time to think about uh, the the news next year. For yeah. example, we are the 50th anniversary of Rocca de Machia. Oh, so wow. we are working to celebrate in the right way this uh, our 50 yeah. first years. Well, my guest is Sergio Zingarelli, uh, and he is the founder uh, or the the head of Roccadella Machia from yes. uh, Chianti Classico. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's a family business. Yes. Your father founded the business. Was it he who founded, or yes, my father uh, founded the company. Yeah, my father was a, a, a very film, famous film filmmaker. Maker, so yeah, yeah, and after. Important. He started from zero because he started like a stuntman. He made a, yeah. a very fast career in uh, 
movie industry. And then uh, in the 70s, started to produce uh, several movies in the 60s and 70s for totally. Mm-hmm. He produced uh, two very important movies. One is the best success in all the time in a part of Europe, in Italy, in Germany. Yep. And <coughs> thanks to that, he realized his dream. In 73, he bought the first estate in Castellini and Chianti. Mm-hmm. And so the rock energy was born in 1973. Yeah. So 49 years ago. 49 years. <laughs> uh, well, Chianti Classico is a very, yes. it's a famous region and a yeah. famous wine mm-hmm. uh, and a famous grape, uh, San, yes. San Giovese. San Giovese, yes. It, you lived your whole life talking about San Giovese. What, yeah. what can you tell us about San Giovese? Yes, so San Giovese is uh, the a most important uh, variety for the central of Italy. Mm-hmm. All the wines uh, produced in Tuscany, just Bulgaria is another uh, situation, but the other part, uh, Montalcino, Montepulciano, Chianti, Chianti Classico, we use uh, our wines produced mostly or under percent with the uh, Sangiovese grapes. Yeah. Sangiovese is a grape that give us a very elegant uh, uh, wine. I compare with uh, probably with Nebbiolo Pinot Noir, so it's very elegant, so not, poten- not very uh, big potential, yeah. but it's very, very elegant. It, it's interesting, like Sangiovese, we call everything a red grape, but this mm. is actually a, a red grape wine, a red wine, not a mm. black wine normally. Mm. Yes, it's, it's a, a lighter, red. This is red. it's a fresher, lighter style. Mm. It's a real red wine. Mm. Uh, well, we're going to taste the 2019 Chianti yes, Classico, yeah. so just for my listeners, there's Chianti and there's Chianti Classico. What's a Chianti Classico? Chianti Classico is uh, the area where the Chianti was born uh, 200, 300 years ago. Okay. Then at the, the, the beginning of the last centuries, they decided in, uh, in the uh, 800, a lot of wineries started to produce a, Chianti, a red wine they call Chianti in Tuscany. So in the beginning of the last century, they decided to call Chianti Classico the historical part between Siena and Florence. And we put on the, our table, on our bottle, the black rooster is yeah. the symbol of Chianti Classico. Yeah. There, are there any black roosters around? Yes, no. <laughs> no we have one uh, very big, very nice in our estate. Yeah, you sure do. Yes, yes. Right out front. But I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Well, yes. now, now, and it's interesting because now you brought another wine, which really uh, fascinates me because mm. Ricotto, uh, which is made by Rocca della Machia, this is a this is a, a Toscana wine yeah. because it doesn't have Sangiovese in it, so it can't be called a Chianti. Is that yes. correct? Yes, of course. If to call Chianti Classico, the wine has to be to have a minimum eighty percent of Sangiovese. Yeah. Our Chianti Classico is a ninety-five Sangiovese, five Merlot. And the Roccato is produced by 100% with the Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah. And so we cannot call uh, uh, Chianti Classico, but it's born in the Chianti Classico area. And so we say that this um, Cabernet takes uh, some uh, characteristics from the territory of our uh, area. Tuscany, yeah. Tuscany, and so it's um, Cabernet, but it's uh, more uh, elegant. Uh, uh, probably it's not very strong, but very elegant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, well, sometimes people make a mistake and they go, oh, the Italians, they, they're doing Cabernet Sauvignon because the Americans are selling it and, you know, it's in Bordeaux. But Cabernet Sauvignon has been grown in Italy yes. for a long, long time. Yes. It's in not a, a new grape. No, it's not. It's, uh, we um, planted uh, mostly in 60, 70 
with plenty of Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot. Sometimes also to uh, help the Sangiovese. Yeah. Now with the new uh, clones of the Sangiovese, with the, with the new vineyard, yeah. the Sangiovese can stay alone without problem. Yeah. You've had an interesting job for quite a while because you've been the head. Uh, I can't believe what kind of a job it would be to be the head of a bunch of Italian wine producers. Uh, you looked after the, the uh, Tuscan producers for, what, two terms, I guess, now? Well, About, uh, well when you were the president of the, uh, of the society, mm. was it two terms or yes, two six-year terms? Or? Me? Yeah. Yes, I was uh, president of the consortium yeah. in uh, 2012 and uh, they are another time in 2015 yeah. so for six months six years yep. and in that time we took a very important decision yes. to add a new uh, classification in Chianti Classico yep. with uh, the Gran Selezione yeah. that for us it was very very important to give more uh, um, importance to our uh, very important very prestigious uh, Chianti Classico wines yeah so if you're a Canadian shopping in the store and you see Gran Selezione on the mm. label mm -hmm. what does that mean what, what? Gran Selezione is uh, the we have a three category Chianti Classico Chianti Classico Reserve Gran Selezione Gran Selezione we established in uh, 2014 with yeah. the vintages uh, started with the vintage 2010 yeah and there is um, the wine has to be produced by 100% for your grapes so you okay. cannot buy grapes or uh, then the wine aged six months more than the Chianti Classico Reserva mm -hmm. and when we decided to and they usually came from a single uh, uh, single vineyard. block or single yes, vineyard, vineyard. Yeah. It's, uh, mostly but it's, I and uh, when we started with the Gran Selezione in uh, 2014, there were only 30 Gran Selezione. Now yeah. there are more than 200. Wow. So a so lot of wineries, people they bought sell, in. Yes, yeah. because some wineries, they don't believe a lot. Now they believe in this new category and they represent more or less the 7% of the total uh, of yeah. the sales in, uh, in the world. What, was it supposed to be the best wine that you make that got Grand Selezioni? Or, I mean, With, there was some um, talk of that is, uh, at the start. The best wine is um, probably um, before the Grand Selezione, the best wine of the single wineries they call the IGT Super Tuscan. I see. This is our problem. Now, we, we I think we found the right uh, room for these important uh, yeah. wines. But I don't tell you that uh, the Grand Selezione is better, better than, yeah. than sometimes uh, is a most prestigious wine yeah mm -hmm. and and the other thing was uh, when you started you you settled on 80 percent sangiovese but now are you you're trying to even raise it yes. more yes and uh, now we request to increase uh, the sangiovese only for the chianti classico gran selezione from yeah. 80 to 90 and uh, the the other 10 percent all sangiovese or other uh, autochthon grapes yeah. So Roccadella Machia, it's a fantastic estate. Now, to yeah. tell our list, they can come and visit you. Mm -hmm. You have a, a, a have place a, to stay as well there. and We, we try to organize a lot of uh, um, emotion uh, visits. Yeah. We have uh, our uh, relay with the 22 suites. 22 suites it's now. It's in uh, Riserva fantastic. di Pizzano. Yeah. We have, uh, now we have a restaurant, it's a gourmet uh, osteria. Uh -huh. With a new chef that is uh, used to work with us, Michelin stars. Yeah. Also in uh, Rocadema Chia, we have uh, our uh, wine shop. We organize a picnic. We organize a, a wine tasting, uh, different uh, uh, 
uh, offers. Yeah, different experiences. experiences yeah. As you say, I love that you use the word emotion that, yeah. because it's an it's an it can be an emotional experience to visit a winery like that and yes. and discover the wines. Yes, because we live here there, but I think the people uh, can understand uh, the beauty of our area. Yeah, with the vineyard, with the olive trees. Uh, the atmosphere yeah and so it's, i think it's very very important and you make fabulous olive oil too yes yeah you have the best uh, the best life ever i think in the wine yeah, business yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sergio uh, great to see you in vancouver thank you i hope the next time i see you i will be in tuscany uh and enjoying your wine yes. with a little bit of olive oil and on next the side. year there's a big surprise rock academy for the 50 years oh yeah <laughs> this 50 anniversary oh yeah. but you can't tell us now we have to wait we are idea also to open uh, something more, uh, another uh, probably another restaurant and stop here. Wow, okay, <laughs> there you heard it, folks. Okay. Uh, so they can go online, they can go to Rockdale Machia, okay. they can set up their visit, they can stay there, visit the restaurant, have some fun in Tuscany. Thanks so much. Thank you, Anthony. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Join BC Food and Wine Radio and Anthony Gismondi at the 44th Vancouver International Wine Festival, April 22nd to 30th at the Vancouver Convention Center. Tickets for the International Festival tastings featuring 152 wineries from 17 countries and highlighting South America are on sale now. Stay, sip, and save. Get a free tasting ticket worth up to $129 when you book a downtown hotel via stayvancouverhotels.com. Details at vanwinefest.ca. Don't wine and drive. Claude du Soleil makes wines that speak of the Similkameen soil where their grapes are grown and the souls of the people who call this valley their home. Winemaker Michael Clark and his team specialize in wines that blend Bordeaux grape varieties with their unique mountainous terroir. The result is wines that are elegant, ageable, and authentic. Claude du Soleil, wild places, soulful wines. Available at clodusoleil.ca and fine restaurants and wine stores near you. The most exciting club in the Okanagan is Summer Hills Organic Wine Club. When you become a member, you'll receive 24 bottles per year of sommelier-curated organic wines. Enjoy preferred pricing and free delivery. Plus, members earn double gratitude points, which gives 20% of each order back in your pocket. Get insider information on Summer Hill's new releases and special events. Enjoy the flavors of Summer Hill. Join the Organic Wine Club at summerhill.bc.ca. Today's real estate landscape is fast-paced and complex. Now more than ever, whether you're a buyer or a seller, it's vital to work with a professional real estate company like Remax. Lean into their experience, local market knowledge, and connections. They are your market experts and are excited to help you make your dreams a reality. The right agents for today's market are at Remax, with offices in Summerland, Penticton, and Asuyus. Call or visit them at YourSouthOkanaganHome.com. From our Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, and uh, shout out to all the single ladies and to our home base here at BNM Bloomberg. 1410 in Vancouver. Well, the wine world's returning to Vancouver. Uh, this spring, of course, the wine festival traditionally in late February has been pushed back now and will come uh, to Vancouver in April, April 22 to 30 to be exact. Uh, this year, something completely different. Instead of a themed country, 
Uh, we're going to have a theme continent. South America will be coming. That means Chile, Argentina, Brazil, Uruguay, uh, and anything else we can scratch up and get to Vancouver should be fun to talk uh, to South America about their wines. And uh, today, Harry Hertzsch, he's the executive director of the Vancouver National Festival. We talked to him uh, at the Wine Festival, what he was expecting in 23 and how things are coming along. Here's our chat with Harry and the plans for the 2023 Vancouver National Wine Festival featuring the wines of South America. Well, Harry, great to see you uh, another Saturday night, another wine festival uh, done. That's uh, 43. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm thinking, is this some kind of like dream where I wake up and it's actually a Zoom tasting that the festival... No. No, it happened. As Andrew Jefford said back in... Uh, March 2020 when we finished on March 1st he said to me afterwards you, you dodged a bullet we just barely got out we only missed a year Yeah. and I don't think we would have been ready in February this year but yeah. to have it in May this spring and bring the community back all the agents and wineries and people I wasn't expecting how exuberant and happy this would make people Yeah. somebody said to me that the crowd was very polite too it was almost like they were they were humbled and they were they were here and taking part, so they were very polite. No pushing, no shoving, no just waiting in line patiently. Maybe COVID trained. I guess also having half the capacity, yeah. that extra elbow room or extra yeah. takes. Well, you can get around the room quicker, I can tell you that. That's all going to change next year, though. That's what I wanted to talk to you a little bit about. I know we're, we're way out, but what... Some of the planning uh, uh, has, uh, well, it's already underway because we're not that far away, but uh, what can you tell us about 2023? I know what uh, is very important uh, to our industry, and they tell me, please do not be on a long weekend. Not on Easter, not spring break, not conflicting with Pro Wine, and not with Vin Italy, and not Vin Expo. and, And, you know, after all that calendar gymnastics, Mm hmm. I don't think we're ready for February. The turnaround from May to February. It's a bit too quick. Supply chain issues. You can't predict the future. Yeah. So last week of April, April 24th to 30th, we'll still get some of this spring light. Yeah. And what we'll really do as we lead up to it is really a chance to plan like a two-year plan, go April and then back to February. The industry loves February because... The hotels are cheaper. Yeah. The restaurants need a little business because yeah. as you get into spring yeah. and, and cruise ships coming into town, uh, you know, that's yeah. that. I don't want to get in the way of their profit. Right. Well, although <laughs> there's a lot of profit in wine, but that's a different story. Thank you for that reminder. Yeah. Uh, so April, and is there any thoughts about who might, who might lead the charge uh, in 2023 or? Uh, in 2020, we announced South America as our theme. It's the first time we've ever done a theme continent. Yeah. 421. For 2021. For, yeah. And we've done Chile a couple times. We did Argentina paired with New Zealand yeah. in the Olympic year, which was yeah. which Haka and Tango. That was a bit of a home run. I like that. Yeah. Uh, but what I like about South America, bringing sometimes you know, Chile and Argentina are major competitors. But the market loves when they see a continent. It was, I was told that you can't put Portugal and Spain together, mm-hmm. and the Iberian theme a couple years ago worked yeah. really well. Yeah. I think the chefs will be excited about the Latin flavors, the element of culture. So we're planning on doing uh, South America. 
hoping that the supply chain issues will be sorted out and pandemic, but the agents and the principals that came here from Chile and Argentina and Mele from Mele Sosa from Garcon, they're saying we're ready. Yeah. We're going to bring the big, the big guns, the big owners. The other thing that excites me about South America is that they told me if you're going to do South America, last week of April is better than February. Yeah. So I got to take advantage. We got to take advantage Let, of that hope, window. Yeah. Let's hope they have an early vintage and it all works out. Uh, Uruguay, Bolivia would, would join the crowd. There, there's there's about six or seven countries that could actually be here with wines from South America. So that would be kind of fun. And that's why we've been hosting Evan Goldstein, Master Sommelier, yeah. who is an expert and a passionate uh, lover of all things South America. And he's going to said he's going to open a lot of doors to those extra countries. Mm-hmm. I don't expect any winery tables from those countries, but if we can get some kind of tasting station, some educational, put them, put a few yeah. bottles in seminars, yeah. and you know, wine Evan up. You and Evan did a, a great job on the the grand uh, the global crew. Oh, I mean, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> was yeah, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to do much to wine up, uh, wind up, <laughs> Evan Goldstein, or wine him up either, for that matter. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's, it should be a relatively normal year and, and uh, could be fun. I mean, it's a, it's a, in some ways, it's a lot of weight, you know, 44 years, a lot of expectations from people, uh, a lot of people who want to see the show continue and, and to grow and to be different. And, you know, what I tell people, what is the magic of this show? You can discover things. You can learn stuff. You, you know, it's not, just a, it's not just some hall that you wander around. You can actually learn stuff at the show and put it away, you know, in a little pocket at the back of your head for the rest of your life. And I think that's the value of, you know, tasting wine with people who make wine from all around the world. I don't think we're going to be um, back to full size, whatever that means, because we started with just one winery. So we are an organic festival. Mm-hmm. And what we do is in partnership with the industry. And what I'm hearing is, you know, we did the 50% year. Maybe go to a 75% year. And, yeah. you know, we'll work that into the budget. But one of the things I think is going to be kind of cool, we're going back to the East Building next year. Really? We're going to party like it's 2009. <laughs> oh, we're, that's interesting. You thought it was old school. We went alphabetical. And then yeah. we're going, like, double old school yeah. in 2023. Wow. I'm going to have to get my voice uh, in shape then. We're still going to have some events in that West Building so yeah. that those that really are passionate about the view can still get view. But like you said, yeah. it's really about the wine and what you can learn from oh, it. Oh, yeah, totally. And the view's not as important I as I just that. love the wood in this building because it's soft on your voice. You can talk for 10 days and you never get hoarse. So that'll be a bit of a change. Well, Harry, uh, you got lots to do because, in fact, uh, it's not far now. You have only a few months to uh, s- finish it up. Get the wines here, get the people organized, and uh, the easy part, yeah. um, transporting. It's, it's coming together, and uh, I learned a long time ago that most of the time you just got to step out of the way and yeah. let good people make things happen. Big thanks to the local winers who stepped up this year, too, from BC, and uh, 60 strong in the room. They did a great job. Yeah, I, and the agents. I didn't spend any energy begging wineries agents or people to buy tickets or come here i just left it up to them and they made the choice to to be be at the 2022 festival yeah and um this is the base by which people go yeah let's 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 bring it back yeah 
bigger and better than ever. Harry, thanks so much. Cheers. Harry Hertzig, he's the director of the Vancouver National Wine Festival, year 44, coming up uh, this April. You heard it here. See you soon. Cheers. That was Harry Hertzig, executive director of the Vancouver National Wine Festival. Looking forward to this year's festival at the end of April. That's it for today's show, folks. Have a great week ahead. I'm Anthony Gismondi. That's it for today's show. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi.